Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. If you feel like your life is stuck in a rut, this is the show for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon is going to join me as we have a conversation about the differences between complacency and contentment. On the surface, it might seem like the two are very similar. However, there are some big differences when you look at the definition of the two, when you look at how it's applied to our own lives, and so much more. So, how can you tell if your life has uh, contentment in it, or if you've fallen by the wayside of complacency? That's what we're talking about today. We're also going to discuss the value of feedback in your life, and how it can let you know if you're on course and on track to what you want to accomplish, or if you have fallen into a state of complacency. So with that said, sit back and relax, unless you're driving, in that case we need you to stay safe, as Brendan and I have this conversation about the differences between complacency and contentment, and how feedback can have value in your life. Here we go. All right. Hey, Brandon, welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Rut. How have you been? I am awesome. Got a good run in this morning. Ah, good, dude. And feeling good, looking good, being good. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, everywhere you go, there you are. There you are. <laughs> Which brings us into the topic we wanted to discuss in this episode, and that was we come across people who, you know, they, they tell us, they share with us that they've got dreams they want to pursue, and then they turn around, you know, two, three months later and share with us why they're no closer than they were before, and then they, they feed us this line about being content. And, you know, we can't argue with that because it's very biblical. You know, the Bible talks a lot about being content with where you are, being content with what you've been provided, be content with your gifts, and so on. And then yet we've got this show that talks about working towards your dream, your God-given dream, and, you know, God puts visions on your heart. So what's the difference? And, you know, what roles, what roles do those two... What trolls? What trolls. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having a hard time enunciating my words here and putting the T in the right place. Uh, But, you know... Contentment versus complacency. You know, like how yeah. how do we know that we've gone from being content with where we are to now we're just being complacent and we're not pursuing what we should be doing? I I think uh, uh, Doc uh, make all kinds of goofy monkey uh, noises, but uh, <laughs> it, it's interesting because these are the things that kind of naturally flow out of our conversations. These are things that we observe either about ourselves or other people. And I hope most people listening to this podcast understand this podcast is about us. We, we, we are preaching to the choir most of the time. It's like, uh, we, we never want to make it sound like, Hey, these are all the things you people are doing wrong. These are either things we're currently doing wrong, things we used to do wrong, or we're going to do wrong. So that's what this podcast is about teaching Jerry and I how to live basically. But (laughs) uh, there is such a difference between complacency and contentment is you should be content where you are in life and the process, you know, be, be content with the effort and the, the pain or the, the, the investment you're having to make to make yourself better. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not where I want to be and that's okay, but I'm going to live in the moment. 
And some people maybe hear us and think, well, you've got to always be pushing and always be growing and always change and hustle and all that. And we're really not about that. We want us a, a sense of contentment in yeah. everything that we do. You know, we talk a lot about jobs and how you have to, you know, move up or change or get out of these ruts. But we're we're not personally in that moment right now because, you know, you love your job, you're content in it, but you're also not complacent in the sense that you're not trying to improve in the job. Yeah. And same thing with marriage or money or relationships of any kind is be content with where you are and what you have, but don't be complacent that you just assume it's always going to be that way. Yeah. And sometimes we use complacency as an excuse. You know, well, I'm, my marriage is never going to get better. My job's never going to get better. My health's never going to get better. So I'm just going to be content with where I am because that's biblical. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not biblical. That's not what the Bible <laughs> actually says. Be content with where you're at while you're trying to make things better for, yeah. your, for your life around you. And, and that's just the difference between those two seemingly similar words of contentment and complacency. Yeah. But they're very much different. Yeah, complacency, well, let me go back. Contentment, like it, it is in the moment. It seems like it's reflective in a sense. It's uh, taking a step back, appreciating where you are now by comparing it to where you used to be, and then also looking forward to, because I am where I am right now, I am positioned to move to this next level. Right. I am positioned to this next step, and that's a good thing. Right. Because I am where I am, I have the honor and privilege to be surrounded by the people I'm surrounded by and to be able to take on the, the challenges that we're facing right now. So I think that is contentment in that respect. I think reflection is a key part of that. Switching over to complacency, it reminds me of just being in the military again. Uh, no flashbacks or anything, but uh, definitely Something you heard commonly when we were on deployment was don't get complacent. Don't get complacent. Complacency kills. Complacency kills. And what they meant by that was when you're on guard duty, there is a rotation. There is a schedule to that. There is a routine. And all those things are in place with a purpose. One, to always ensure that you're, you're covered for security. Also, it helps you really identify things that are out of place, things that Mm -hmm. shouldn't be. When you get complacent though, you don't care about the stuff that is out of place anymore. You don't care about the opportunities to secure yourself better. And then that's where complacency kills because once you just think about your four hour or 12 hour shift on guard duty as this is a great opportunity for me to catch up on some reading or to catch up on conversation with somebody or, you know, watch Netflix while I'm on guard duty. That's when the enemy sets up shop and blows up your tower and then everybody swarms and, Everybody dies. Which never so. happened because you're too old now. Netflix wasn't around yeah, when you were on charging. So. <laughs> that never happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lot of bootleg DVDs that <laughs> yeah, you bought off exactly. the locals. But uh, that was the thing that we always had. We had to be proactive mm-hmm. to avoid complacency. And, you know, you, you wanted to be content in that things are safe and secure right now. Yeah. Yet avoiding complacency meant that you're always on the lookout. You're always proactively looking for those opportunities and those risks and so on. Right. Whereas, you know, complacency is like a, just an ambivalence. You're not reflecting on those things. You're not looking to see what could be better, what could actually hinder the contentment you have. 
Right. And I think that that's a huge difference to make as well. That I think reflection is the key part there that Absolutely. taking the time to look at where you are, where you've been, where you're going, that's being content. Complacency is like, eh, oh, hey, Stranger Things just opened up with a third season, <laughs> which they did. But anyway. Yeah. And, and that's a great way to look at, you know, complacency is not meaning, you know, you, you have to be diligent 24 hours a day, like guard duty. Maybe for you, it, that reflection requires you to just ask a question. Hey, am I, am I managing my money? Right. You know, yeah. get a financial advisor or a friend, you know, look at it on paper. As we've said many times on this podcast, a lot of people, ourselves included, have said, you know, I do eat pretty good. I exercise pretty good. I save money pretty good. But then when you actually look at it on paper or use an app or something and you start measuring it and you're like, well, wait a minute, I'm really not eating that well. So there is a reason why I'm not losing weight or doing whatever it is I want to do. And you see the small things, the going to Starbucks or maybe you spent too much money here or there or wherever. And that reflection is so important to see. We can never just assume that we're not being complacent because mm-hmm. that is complacency in and of itself. Just like you and I were talking about earlier about having accountability in your life where other people ask, ask them what you're doing. Yeah. You know, do you see me being a genuinely nice person or charitable person or engaged person? Or do you see me more selfish, more inward focused? And you can't make that determination. Somebody else has to, because that's the whole nature of accountability. Yeah. Is you need somebody to pour into. And, and also, as we've said many times is, you know, you need to be honest there. You know, here's the things I'm looking at, or here are the things I've done. And reflection will put some of that on paper in a, in a way that you can say, well, you know, I've made 10 trips here, or I've spent my, most of my money here. It's like, maybe you need to make some adjustments there. Yeah. And making that reflection like you do, especially on a, on, I know on a regular basis, but in a deeper dive on an annual basis helps you to understand where those slow fades are in the, in the car that kind of pulls to one way or the other, that, <laughs> that's your indication rather than, Oh wait, I just did a hard ride into a tree. It's like, well, it's because you weren't paying attention 10 miles back, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and that's, that process is so important. Be in the moment, but have other people watching some of the elite athletes or elite uh, you know, leaders or whatever it is, have people around them that are watching the little things, especially yeah. athletes. It's like you're starting to put your right foot two inches further this way or that way, or, you know, you raise your hand when you go this direction or whatever. And, and that's incredible advice because they're paying for that. They're saying, Hey, watch everything I do, study the film, study, whatever, to make sure I'm doing everything exactly the way I'm supposed to do it. We can do that on a much smaller scale by oh, yeah. just having accountability and saying, you know, am I getting, and, and like I was saying earlier, I did this last night with my wife at, at dinner. It's like avoid the complacency by asking, Hey, how am I doing in these areas? Yeah. Ask your kids, ask your boss, you know, you don't have to wait for your annual exam or evaluation <laughs> or whatever. Just go in and say, you know, do you notice things about me? Am I coming in maybe on time instead of early or, you know, my attitude or my responses, my email, kind of the grammar I'm using. Mm -hmm. Are you noticing those things and give them permission to speak into your life? And that's how you avoid complacency. Yeah. Now on top of that, also you brought up 
how athletes have a coach who is observing their moves and analyzing, you know, where are those little things they went off course. One of the things that I talk about at work all the time is that if you're looking at successes or at somebody's downfall, there is always a backdrop. Like what you're seeing is the sudden moment, the sudden success or the sudden failure. What a lot of people fail to notice, and this is where complacency comes in, is that gradual shift or that gradual drift away from the ideal to the downfall or the gradual shift towards the ideal away from the downfall. And complacency is definitely a guaranteed way to drift yourself to that downfall. And you see that in situations where a couple divorces finally, and and one of the spouses is completely shocked. It's like, and, and you know, it's, Almost every divorce I've seen, one of them is surprised. Right. What happened? That's the suddenly. Until yeah. you start to dig into it. Yeah. And then they tell you, well, this happened, this happened, this happened, yes. this happened. You're like, dude, and those are called flags. Yeah. <laughs> so both parties were aware of the gradual drift, did nothing about bringing it back to the ideal. Mm-hmm. And you look at somebody's career. You got somebody who got the promotions they always wanted. They seem to be in the sweet spot of their career. It's because they noticed those little drifts early and often, whether they had personal reflection or they had somebody coaching them from the outside looking in, or they took their performance evaluations to heart. All those things probably came together and helped that person course correct over time so that they're finally living the dream that they wanted career-wise. And then you look at somebody who, like, the whole company of Enron, yeah, <laughs> exactly a whole like executive suite that said, yeah, we'll compromise here. Okay. We'll yep. compromise there. Hey, we got away with it. Okay. We'll compromise here. Suddenly, boom. Now, mm-hmm. if they had course corrected way back and said, you know, there's this thing called federal law. We can't do that. Well, that's a great uh, way to look into uh, what happened there was the top guys were, and I say guys because they probably were. Women would know better than some of the things the guys at Enron were doing. But Such the top, a sexist thing to say. Absolutely. <laughs> some of the top guys were compromising. So the people under them said, you know, hey, Jerry's okay doing these things wrong, yeah. so I can do those things wrong. And and you and I have caught each other in that kind of stuff before uh, where it's like, well, you get a little complacent on some things, so I do. And, and we will call each other out. Yeah. But it's more of a, hey, you know, I've noticed you're doing this, this, and this. And uh, a lot of times it's easy to say, well, you know, these are the things you're doing wrong. And and the good thing about our friendship is it, it, it will always come back like a tennis ball. It's like, well, hey, what about these three or four things you're doing <laughs> wrong too? And not in a bad way. It's not like, hey, you're you're this thing, so you retaliate or Well, anything. yeah, you're fat. It's just, yeah. yeah it's, like- it's like, well, I've noticed this about you. And it's like, oh, yeah. And, and we've always been real... Um, honest and and kind of understanding and appreciative mm-hmm. of that process it's like you know you're right i really didn't do those two or three things that you and i had talked about or whatever but it's also a good legacy uh, kind of mindset that you need in your family or in yeah. your life because if you're doing things that are that are compromising whatever dream you say you want your kids are watching that too or the people that work under you at at work are like well you know jerry doesn't care that much about this particular issue or whatever. So I'm going to not care about a couple of little mm. things. And especially our sons see that it's like, you're okay telling people one thing and doing another or showing up late or, you know, not taking care of certain things. You don't, 
do this or do that around the house. So when I get married, that's the legacy you've left. Whether you want to or not, you're going to leave a legacy in that sense. And we need to make sure that the people that see us and hear us see the same thing. You know, we're we're doing what we said we're going to do. We're not okay with little things. You know, I didn't pay for that or nobody knows I did it or whatever. That will trickle down to your kids. Yes. And as you and I know, having older kids, when you start seeing that behavior in your kids and you're like, whoa, that came straight from me. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> for me, it was many years ago when phones kind of become became popular. And one of the kids would see me pick up my phone while driving and, and point it out. And I'm like, they're going to do the same thing because yeah. I'm telling them it's okay at certain times to text and drive or to read your phone or whatever it is. And that would be my fault, yeah. you know, or light up a cigarette or drink or eat or whatever it is. That's your legacy. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, complacency doesn't care about any of that feedback. Doesn't right. think, you know, okay, things are okay now. However, if nothing changes. This is the trajectory it's going, and I don't like mm-hmm. that. So contentment is enjoying the moment. Complacency is like, eh. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest difference there, and then it's the implication it has on the future. So yeah, contentment you can enjoy the now, still strive for the future. Complacency, you're totally one hundred percent in the moment, and you have no care for where you're going past right. that, and that puts you at a huge risk to drift away from your ideal. And we get lazy and say, well, you know, at the the first of the month or on Monday, I'm going to stop doing this, yeah. or you know, next next year, uh, what is it? Uh, New Year's resolution stuff, you know, yeah. I'm going to start running or I'm going to start saving or I'm going to start doing everything else. And of course, we hammer this home every week on this podcast is start now. Yeah. Don't worry about the first of the month or first of the week or the, this number date or whatever it is or when so-and-so does whatever. S- tomorrow morning, if not today, take a walk around the block. You yeah. know, put $5 in a savings account. Call your kid. Call your parent. Call, you know, do something today. Yeah. And Quit being complacent, saying, you know, eventually I'm going to lose weight or eventually I'm (laughs) going to get in shape. That's just never going to happen because you've accepted it up to this point. You're going to accept it another week or two. That's never going to be good for you. And we did the same thing. Like we started in this episode of this is all about us Yeah, (laughs) because we started this podcast about a year before anybody ever heard it because we were getting complacent with planning and talking and hoping and dreaming, but we weren't getting, you know, engaged in it. And, and, you know, you, you don't train. So there's not pain or failure. You train so you can make through it, get, make it through it. And that's the whole process of life. Do the things that will help you get through the hard things rather than, you know, you don't train or, or, or plan. So there's never anything wrong. You train and plan so you can get through it and make it okay. I love that there's action required. You know, the the Battle of Britain isn't yeah. known for the RAF intending to stop the Germans. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the Battle of Britain is known because the RAF grossly outnumbered, jump into their planes, got in the air ahead of the Luftwaffe, and took out the Luftwaffe as they were trying to bombard England. Yeah. So it's that action step. You know, it's like any any great feat that you've noticed be secured or, or achieved was because of the action steps, yeah. not the intent to. So that's something to keep in mind as well. The difference again, between being content and becoming complacent is right. contentment. I think 
is that again that appreciation in the now yeah. yet you're not hindered from taking action that next step whereas complacency you have completely 100% handcuffed yourself in some way and it's usually apathy i don't care right yeah and i i love the concept just ask somebody yeah you know what do you think i'm doing um Physically, financially, spiritually, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, I'm a really nice, generous person. Okay, let's look at the facts. You know, do you yes. really do those kind of things? You know, and you and I were just talking about a, a friendship that we have that uh, with another couple where some things just kind of blew up in the mm-hmm. middle of it. And were those friendships genuine? Well, from our standpoint, they were, but yeah. from other standpoints, they really weren't because they weren't being honest, you know, mm-hmm. in that, that moment. So anytime you get a doctor or a lawyer and you lie to them, you're hurting yourself. You're not hurting the other yeah, person. Exactly, right? you know? <laughs> my, my attorney will charge me no matter what I say or do. And sometimes she's told me before, I'm not your therapist. So if yeah. you just want to sit here and rant, that's not going to do any yeah. good. We got to look at the real stuff. Yeah. Your health screen isn't exactly the test you want to cheat on, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I take one foot off the scale. So, Hey, I lost 50 pounds. It's like, you know, that, that doesn't like, work no, that no. way. You know, don't <laughs> cheat yourself in your relationships, ask them and, but then be open to it. You know, I, I just, uh, am, am potentially about to start another little side thing that, you know, I may end up helping this one business owner with some of his issues, but I was talking to him yesterday on the phone and I said, you, you have to understand one main component of what I do. I will only tell you a couple of times and then I'll just give up and walk away Yeah, because you're wanting help from me. And if you're not going to take my advice, I'm okay with it, but I'm not going to keep yelling about it. Yeah. So if you ask a friend, Hey, am I doing good? And they say, you know, yeah, everything about your life's perfect. There's no issues whatsoever. Go get somebody else. But Mm -hmm. if they tell you, Hey, Jerry, you need to do this, this, and this, and you don't do it. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use CapShow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, Back to the show. Then you're hurting yourself. Yeah. You know, listen to their advice. Don't take it wrong and say, hey, well, you know, Brandon's a jerk for what he said. Say, well, you know, there's some truth to that. Maybe I do need to do those kind of things. Find those things and and execute them. And and you're really good about that. You like that feedback kind of thing and and you execute on it too. So Yeah. And don't take the wrong advice. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Don't take financial advice from somebody who's broke or if your doctor's grossly overweight and out of shape, don't listen to him either. You know I think the three worst things you could do with feedback when it comes in. Number one, of course the obvious ignore it right that's probably the worst thing to do i think the second most heinous <coughs> mistake we can make when it comes to getting feedback and and we probably do this without even realizing it is we rebuttal <laughs> it's also the most yeah. annoying thing because <laughs> you ask me for my opinion i tell you and you tell me how i'm wrong yeah it's like 
wait, did you want my input? Did you want my advice? Did you want my perspective or not? I yep. shared it. I didn't ask you to argue with me. This is my perspective. I am clear I don't have all the facts. I'm just sharing with you my perspective. Right. It's, and I've run into people that do that all the time. Like when I was doing real estate sales and I was doing really well, somebody asked me for some input. How do I get this person to do this, this, and this? And I shared with them the input that you got to have the personal connection. You got you to be genuine. You got to do this. You're mm-hmm. not over, you're not there to overpromise the world. You're there just to share the facts and help them make an informed decision, almost like healthcare. And this guy looked at me and said, and I don't think that's what that is. <laughs> yeah, I I'm think buy a hot air yeah, balloon. I think it's this, this, okay. and this. And all I could say was, you know what? How is that working for you? <laughs> Because my understanding is it's not working for you. Therefore, the broker for a company said, hey, talk to Jerry. It must be really bad if they're telling you to talk to the rookie of the company. <laughs> exactly. And not the experienced sales guys. And normally so, those are called uh, kids. You know, yeah. Older kids. Well, this guy was twice my age. So <laughs> yeah. it was even funnier. And I was like, uh, well, you do what you want then. And, and he eventually flopped and switched to another company and didn't make sales. Uh, and and he, so that's the second worst thing you could do with advice. So the first one, ignore it. Second one, you rebuttal it. And uh, the third one is uh, you didn't like what you heard, so you go out and you seek advice until you hear what right. you want to hear. Yeah. So you go out and you talk to 10 different people. Nine of them said the truth that is consistent. <laughs> this is what the world sees in your actions and behaviors. But you find that one guy who knows nothing about you and yeah. in the first 30 seconds says, well, this, 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 and this. Yeah. Ah, thank you. That's what I thought. There you go. And it's like, yeah, that is what you thought. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. The other nine are the ones you need to listen to. Um, so to- if you're running a company or a big organization or even a small department and you find you're surrounded by people that do that, tell you exactly what you want to hear or agree with you more often than most people. Yeah. Don't listen to that person anymore. <laughs> you need somebody in your life that doesn't just agree with you. You know, it's like, like, I love that analogy that you said, you know, the nine people said something that was consistent and makes sense. But that one person said, yeah, move to Utah and open up a, yeah. you know, a, a bookstore or whatever. And you're like, see, I know I should have done that. That's why I'm leaving my family and my job and I'm moving to Utah. And you're like, okay, but you know, nobody said do that except the one guy that you gave all the facts to on your side. And you know, that whole concept of, of rebuttal and, and, you know, arguing or ignoring Mm -hmm. advice that comes, I think, because you only know your side of the story. Yeah. You know, you're only as honest as your perception or your experience in whatever situation. You know, we we've seen many, many uh, companies or, or relationships where it's like, well, this is what's happening. That's only your perspective. You know, you only know what you've either seen or experienced or perceived. Yeah. You don't know what everybody else is. That's why it's so easy to say, well, the reason, you know, Mike agrees with me is because he's only heard my version. Yeah. And when you counsel somebody and they're just like, you know, well, my wife's this, 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 and this, you start to get this perception that, man, his wife's really terrible. And then you go ask either his wife or other people and they're like, oh, you didn't tell me 90% of the story. You told me your version. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you have to get both versions. Yeah. So if somebody was to come to us and say, hey, I'm thinking about moving to Utah and open up a bookstore, I would say, okay, who else is on this idea? Yeah. You know, and if they're not, there's a reason. They know you better than I do. So why is that? Yeah. And there's a little, I guess, trickier gray area when it comes to like, I'm launching a dream right. that disrupts the industry or disrupts the status quo. 
I think there is some caution there. So like right. if, if you're getting feedback, like how am I doing in my sales? How am I doing in my business relationships? How am I doing uh, in my own marriage? And you're getting feedback from that perspective, then okay. Yeah. When you're pushing the envelope and going in a whole new direction, right. uh, it, it is different because you're going to get a lot of naysayers, the, the folks that want to confine you back into the status quo. And so then how do you balance that with what weren't we just talking about? <laughs> Don't go look for the thing that fits what you already believe or want to hear. Well, take to heart what they are saying. Understand. So what I'm thinking is, and this has worked for me, is when I do run into opposition like that, you know, I talk to 10 people. And I usually don't share it with a whole lot of people when I have like a, a new idea. Uh, but when I, if I talk to 10 people and nine of them are like sharing with me their fears, right? and then one of them gives me some tips and pointers and says, go for it. I don't just latch onto the one person that said, go for it. I take all of that into account into a bigger picture. So right. context. So yes, go for it. This is exciting. This is new. That's what I believed. Right. So what was the cautionary tale from the other nine? Okay. Don't leave your family behind. Right. Okay. Uh, (laughs) That's a good one. Uh, How are you going to provide financially? Right. Okay. I need a plan for that. And uh, how are you going to sustain that income? Okay. I need a plan for that. So there is some valuable knowledge and feedback that comes from the naysayers. Absolutely. So it's taking that step back. And we just heard a conversation with Jimbo Clark. And he talked about before he left the corporate life, he built up savings. He built up to make sure he was providing for his family. He built a business and made sure that it was thriving and sustainable. And to this day, a decade later, he is growing it even more. And and that all came from feedback from other people, as well as his own values, his own intent, and so on. Then he he went forward. He didn't just latch onto the one, yay, go for it. (laughs) That's what I want to hear, and went out without a plan. He also listened to the naysayers and developed a plan. So that's something also to keep in mind, I think, if um, you want to take to heart what we're saying, and you're you're like, wait, so do I go after my dream or not? The answer is yes, you go pursue your dream, and you listen to the, the advice coming from the people around you. Don't let them shoot your dream down. Looking deeper, what is it the fear is coming from? Is that fear in the people around you that are going with you, like your spouse, your right. children, and so on? Yeah, we're Ooh. all about plan and preparation. You know, don't yeah. don't hear this and say we think you should just jump. And when we hike or or we go, uh, you know, on a trip or something, there's a lot of prep work that goes into that. And and just like you were saying earlier, these these successes or failures that you see you're not looking at what the process was going into it. You know, we've gone hiking before and maybe forgotten something. It's like, okay, I need to adjust my prep schedule yeah. to make sure I either can order that, buy that, build that, whatever it is before I go. Don't jump into it as mm-hmm. quickly, maybe. So get a little bit more advice, watch a few more videos or yeah. whatever it is. So it, it's all about the plan and preparation, but make sure you're paying attention to complacency versus contentment. Yeah. And if you can't spell either one of those words, Google them. <laughs> I'm sure they're out there somewhere. All right. So final thoughts on complacency versus contentment. Go. Train so you can make through it. Prepare so you can make it through it. Not to avoid the pain, not to avoid the failure, but be prepared and learn, you know, reflection, like you said, is such a big deal for avoiding those kind of things. What are your final thoughts on giving and receiving feedback, specifically receiving feedback? Ooh, 
re- receiving feedback, I, I love what you said about, you know, make sure that the, uh, you know, that you're not ignoring the people that are, you know, naysayers, because you and I have certainly past episodes, but then just in life had people, oh, you can't move here, you can't start that, you can't do that, because they can't do it, and they're scared to do it, and you and, and they are all about the fear kind of thing, but you can get those nuggets out of what they say. But most importantly, make sure you're getting feedback from people that have either accomplished what you want to accomplish or accomplished something. You know, don't go to a broke financial planner. Don't go to a guy that's been married five times. Don't don't go to, to somebody who has no relationship with their kids or, you know, make sure you're approaching people to get the feedback from successful people, people that do have dreams or match your level of intensity to accomplish things. You know, I'm not going to learn how to kayak from somebody who's never been out in the water and doesn't like to swim. It's like, well, wait a minute. I, you know, you got to follow the people that are ahead of you. And that's what I know we started with athletes and stuff, but that's what the elite athletes do. They, they hire people who are at the top of their game in whatever it is, nutrition or mm-hmm. kinesiology or whatever they're doing because you want good advice you know you're not going to lose weight talking to somebody who's eating at mcdonald's every day you know surround yourself with that but then like you also said is is accept that feedback put it in a good place you know these are things that you know he's always against so i'm just going to kind of ignore those but there were a couple of good items in there maybe i need a little bit more savings or i need a little bit more help i should bring on a partner or whatever it is take the good nuggets out and just kind of throw the rest of it aside and don't worry about that Mm -hmm. but if you're talking like you said to 10 people and nine of them say almost the exact same thing you need to reevaluate your plan yes exactly. there's something there if you like everything you heard in this episode be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 207 There you'll find links to other episodes and other resources that we think will be valuable to you as it relates to complacency, contentment, and even feedback. We're so glad that you joined us this week, and the best way you can support our show is to share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street, besides applying these concepts to your own life, of course. Now, we're glad you joined us this week, and we look forward to joining again with you next week. But until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. We don't need the laptop, right? No, no. It's just recording straight into the recorder. I like the idea of complacency over uh, contentment. Yeah. That's good. Let's do that. Let's do that. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Uh, Going out of business cell. One time only. Three. Beyond the rut. One. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showvian myself... I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.